meat lovers were over the moon with excitement when a recent study was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine stating that consumption of red meat may not be so bad after all. As usual, you have to look beneath the headlines. And Dr. Neil Barnard, a Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, joins me to find out what exactly that is. I'm Sarah Heiner. This is the Bottom Line Advocator podcast. And don't forget to rate and review us at the end so that everybody will know about this great podcast. And hey, one more thing. Hang around at the end of the podcast because we have a special offer for you so that you can get more of our great expert advice on an ongoing basis from Bottom Line Personal. I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to Dr. Neil Barnard. He's the founder and president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, and he's authored more than 70 scientific publications and 19 books, including the bestsellers Power Foods for the Brain, 21-Day Weight Loss Kickstart, and his most recent book, Dr. Neil Barnard's Program for Reversing Diabetes, The Scientifically Proven System for Reversing Diabetes Without Drugs, and his book, The Cheese Trap. Dr. Barnard is a frequent lecturer appearing throughout the world and is an adjunct professor of medicine at the George Washington University School of Medicine. You can learn more about Dr. Barnard and his work at pcrm.org. Welcome, Neil. Thank you for being on this podcast. It's a hot topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Sure. Thank you very much. So there was sound bites like crazy and meat lovers were celebrating a week or two ago when the published study came out in the annals of internal medicine that said things like eating red meat isn't so bad for you and that you really don't need to change your consumption of red meat because it's not going to help you protect yourself from heart disease cancer diabetes and other chronic ailments and you would say well, I would, I would say there's certainly no reason for meat eaters to, to celebrate. Um, first of all, the, the studies that came out actually showed that getting away from meat is, is very helpful. Um, what, what was actually published was six, six different articles. by They were all from a group in Canada that's headed by a guy named Brad Johnston. And the first four articles, th- there was nothing new. What they did is they sort of put a new lens on old research. And what they found is that if you go through the numbers, if you just reduce meat, you don't not not stop it completely, but just reduce. Just doing that will cut the risk of all cause mortality by thirteen percent, heart disease mortality by fourteen percent, stroke by fourteen percent, diabetes by twenty four percent, cancer by ten percent, cancer mortality eleven percent. All of these at the same time. So how come I'm going to interrupt you a sec? Because how come what I was reading in the studies was that they were saying there wasn't a significant difference in the reduction. And in fact, so this was a meta-analysis, right? So that, which is where they take a whole bunch of old studies and then they look across, research look across and look for trends in them. But what they were reporting was that there wasn't a significant change. So what are you seeing in the numbers that wasn't being reported in the headlines? The numbers that I gave you were all statistically significant. And all, there were of the six articles that were published, four of them were, as you say, meta-analyses, and you're absolutely right, they, they didn't do anything new, they just took the old studies and took a new look at them. But all of the numbers that I just quoted were statistically significant. Now, for a person who's wondering, what does that mean? That means that it's extremely unlikely to be due to chance, one in, less than one in 20, uh, that, it's a, that it's just a chance finding. So in other words, um, believe it, if you reduce your meat consumption, uh, all of these benefits are very likely to happen. Now, the, the problem was that there was a fifth article um, 
there were these four meta-analyses that showed benefit. But there was a fifth article where they looked at prior studies uh, asking, now why they did this, I do not, do not know, but they looked at prior studies asking meat eaters how they felt about meat. And meat eaters would often say, I like it, or <laughs> I, think, I, I think I must need it for protein. Shocker, maybe. right. And so they took that very seriously. And then the sixth article, which in my view was quite absurd, said, all right, um, let's make some guidelines. And these weren't actual, these weren't any official guidelines, but this was a suggestion from Brad Johnston and the people he recruited to write with him. Um, so this is nothing official, but, he, but this is what got the headline. He said, I would suggest that lowering your cancer risk and heart attack risk and stroke risk and diabetes risk isn't important enough compared with how much meat eaters like continuing to eat meat and how important it is to their life and their culture. So therefore, we would suggest that people just continue and continue eating even the most unhealthful meats like sausage uh, or bacon that's linked to colorectal cancer. And that's what got the headlines because it made no sense um, is, is how could you, <laughs> as a health, uh, in a medical journal, tell people that it's not worth it to try to prevent cancer or diabetes or heart disease or stroke. So that's what got everyone angry with them. And I think the, the conclusion does not make sense. Um, it's sort of an Arby's commercial uh, uh, disguised as science. Well, and the thing that was crazy even in the study, because they were talking about unprocessed meat, so maybe I'll call it a quality steak, versus, and, they were, and, then, unpro and then processed meat, so the sausages, the bacons, and all that, which everybody knows is laced with, with um, cancerous toxins. Right, nitrates have been been proven time and again to be carcinogenic. Yes, and the, the studies that they uh, reported in the four meta-analyses addressed both r typical red meat like a steak or roast beef, as well as the processed meats like hot dogs and ham and sausage and bacon. But in both cases, they showed that reducing your consumption of them leads to a statistically significant improvement in your health across the board. Now let me be let me be clear. I don't eat any of that stuff. Um, I I was raised on a, uh, a meaty diet in Fargo, North Dakota, but after I finished my medical training, I stopped eating meat completely, and I would encourage other people to do the same. However, that's not what this is about. This is just about reducing. And if people reduce meat, they get all of these benefits. And the goofy part of it, the the, the whole reason for controversy, isn't those four meta analyses. They they were not very well done, but they clearly showed problems with eating meat and benefit from reducing. The goofy part was when he made his suggestions for recommendations and to say that for your family, for your seven or eight-year-old daughter or your three-year-old son, that cancer and diabetes and stroke in, in your children's future just isn't important compared to how much they're going to love sausage. And that's the thing that is crazy. And if, if you're wondering, how could anybody say that? Keep in mind that this is the same person who uh, Bradley Johnston in Canada is the same person who three years ago published in the very same journal with the very same editor an article saying, don't worry, sugar won't hurt you. Um, eat all the sugar you want. In effect, that's what the headlines then said. Right. And when people looked below the surface, he was industry funded. Um, he took mo uh, money from the International Life Sciences Institute, which is an enormous organization that takes money from fast food chains and uh, the producers of unhealthy foods um, and when that was exposed people realized this is not science this is marketing that's disguised as science and that frankly I'm sorry to say is what we're seeing here so if people want to buy the idea that eating sausage 
doesn't have any effect on their health, um, you know, people will want to look for that message. But that's not what we're finding to be scientifically well, true at all. And I think you opened up a really important point, which I also wanted to talk about, because you know, I always talk about bottom line goes beneath the headlines. You can't necessarily just believe the headline. So in this case, as in so many research studies, be it in the food industry or in the medical and pharmaceutical industry, that there's, there's so many elements to the research that you have to understand. So this research was flawed in multiple ways. The researcher, as you said, was being paid and had association with the food industry so that he was not, um, you know, he had his biases. And then when they do, also when you do the meta-analysis, and this has happened multiple times, I think in, well, it was a little bit different with the Vioxx painkillers, but with that when you do a meta-analysis, you pick and choose the studies that you look at. So I believe that when they picked these studies, they were looking at only meat versus meat consumption. They weren't doing anything to look at like meat versus plant-based diet consumption, right? So that they were twisting the numbers and not really giving a fair picture of it. Is that true? Yeah, it, it, that was one thing that many people raised questions about is why did they leave out so many studies? Um, for, for example, um, we, our research group was funded in 2003 by the National Institutes of Health to test uh, in a head-to-head fashion a diet that included meat and a diet that did not include meat for people with type 2 diabetes. And what we showed is that getting the meat and, and frankly getting all animal products out of your diet is, a, is, is very helpful. You lose more weight and your blood sugars improve more. Uh, they, we weren't, for some reason they didn't include us in there. They didn't include Dean Ornish's work um, showing that, that getting animal products out of your diet will reverse heart disease. Um, they, for some reason, they left out the DASH study. Uh, for people who are familiar with this, Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension, it was a very important uh, study, probably the most important, or the, really the classic study in blood pressure control that showed that when people reduce their meat intake and replace it with healthier things, their blood pressure goes down fast, within about eight weeks. Um, completely left out of this. So we're, we're a, a bit puzzled as to why they left some of these things out. So what should people do when they see headlines like this, right? That say, you know, meat, meat isn't a problem, or if they see whatever, some new drug, that's the new best thing. What should people do when they read those headlines? How do they process it? You know, I, I think it's an unsolvable question because industry has gotten so clever um, with finding ways to fund researchers and have researchers get their uh, materials into otherwise reputable journals. Um, and the Annals of Internal Medicine has a good reputation. It started to get tainted in uh, 2014 when you might remember the Time magazine cover that had a swirl of butter on the, the cover of Time and it said, eat butter. That yes. was from another one of these Annals of Internal Medicine articles where they said butter won't <laughs> hurt you. And then it, two years later it was sugar won't hurt you and now right. meat and sausage won't hurt you. And who knows, the next time maybe it'll be smoking won't hurt you. Go ahead and you know, light up again. Um, it, it, I think, I have to say, a scientist can make their way through it. For the average member of the public, what I think they are stuck with is a certain amount of common sense and looking at the consistency of findings. It's abundantly clear that when people reduce their meat consumption and ideally eliminate it, there are many, many health benefits that, that come from it. A, a vegan or vegetarian diet is great, and the closer you get to that, the better. But um, also when people say things that just don't pass the sniff test, uh, you'll hear people say, don't eat fruit uh, because that violates my ketogenic principles. I mean, the idea that an apple or an orange is going to hurt you is 
mistaken, and I think the, the whole idea that you should be able to eat sausage, uh, as people are doing, without any health consequences, just it really doesn't pass the sniff test. Right, the, ex the extreme ketogenic diet. Um, well, and that's where, you know, as I said, bottom line prides ourselves as well on looking be beneath those headlines and saying, what does it mean to me? And always ask those questions. All right, so let me ask you one last thing. The, there are those people who um, they just love their meat or that they feel like they need a little bit. And I know that you, again, are a big plant-based diet person. But for those people that absolutely need at least some of that or feel like they need some of that in their, in their diet, do you have an opinion, grass-fed versus regular beef? Does that, know, does that matter at all? No, I really think it doesn't. And um, this is, uh, by the way, although my, my personal conclusions now are that the best diet is not to eat any meat at all, um, the first half of my life, I was on the other side of the fence. I grew up in North Dakota. My grandfather and my, my father and my extended family raised grass-fed beef. <laughs> um, my father hated it, and he left it, and he went to medical school and then became the diabetes expert for Eastern North, North Dakota. But they were raising grass-fed beef, and um, it will cause a heart attack just as surely as the, as the uh, feedlot uh, beef will. will. It, 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 it doesn't turn it suddenly into Brussels sprouts. Well, nothing turns it into Brussels sprouts. Um, do you have a least hated animal protein? I beg your pardon? Do you have a least hated animal protein? Like if somebody well, had, so, well, so all, you know, and I know, in you, fact, you you've said that chicken is almost worse than beef. So if you had, if, if someone, like, again, feels like they need that substantive animal well, protein. Well, that way. People feel that they need right. a good stiff drink at the end of a rough day and back when I had a lot more bad habits than I do now. I used to feel I needed a merit menthol to get out of bed in the morning. Um, people feel they need these right. things. But my job as a physician now is different, and that's to help people to understand that if a person's gaining a little weight that they'd rather not have, or they've got cancer in their family or Alzheimer's in their family that they'd rather not strike them or their family, it's good for them to look at other choices. Now, I understand that not everybody is interested in, in eliminating these things completely, but here's what, we, what I would recommend. Um, think about meatless meals that you can add to your routine. So instead of a meat chili, try the bean, bean chili. Um, if you've never had the veggie hot dog or the veggie burger, go to the store, buy them, try them out, and include them just in your routine now and then. And then at some point when you, when you would like to go further, uh, do about three weeks without these things at all. And what people very often discover is that they feel substantially better and their numbers improve, their, their weight, the numbers on the scale, or if, if they got a blood glucose meter, they, know, they notice that all these numbers start getting better really, really fast, which didn't happen so much just from cutting down. But anyway, the, the point with the current study is that if a person only cuts down, that that alone does have benefit. And uh, if, you, if people quit, so much the better. All right. So I know I was trying to push you on, like, if is a chicken a little better or duck a little no, better? That, well, or no, chicken, all the same. chicken is, I, I would say chicken is not uh, better yeah. for a couple of reasons. The first is it has saturated fat, um, about the same amount as beef. If you strip the skin off, you remove some of it, but it's still about, oh, 30% fat, something like that as a percentage of calories. The cancer-causing heterocyclic amines are more abundant in the chicken that people eat than in the beef um, that people eat. It's, it's partly a factor of just the fact that people eat so many chickens, um, but it also has to do with how the, how the chicken meat responds when it's grilled. Uh, our group went into fast food chains in California 
Um, and we went into McDonald's and uh, KFC and, Ch and Chick-fil-A and all the others, and we sampled grilled chicken products, and we found heterocyclic amines in all of the all of the products. So we no, we are not pushing chicken <laughs> at all. No, uh, and not to mention salmonella and, and so forth. Um, the, the bacterial content that chicken brings into your kitchen is is uh, probably worse than any other food. Wow. All right. Well, I've taken us way off topic because the point of this that and was the study and what's underneath the study and underneath the headlines. But you know, again, people want to figure out what do I do with this. So as you said. A, we can't believe the study, right? So that there really are effects that beef and whether it's processed or unprocessed, it is impacting your, your health significantly. And if you reduce it, whatever those headlines said from this study, reducing it will indeed reduce our risk of heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and all other chronic ailments. Um, That's exactly right. One final point of skepticism that ought to come in here as well is in the event that one reads these studies and they do see what I just mentioned, that you get all of these benefits, and it's statistically significant, meaning this is not just random chance. Why is it that you hear these headlines saying they thought the results were kind of shaky? And, and some of the researchers have been saying that. It's because they set up an artificial way of, of rating some of the studies. If a study was observational, where they compared people who chose to eat meat and people who chose not to, they rated that very low evidence. Um, and if it was a randomized controlled trial, they rated that as higher evidence. Here's the problem with that. Uh, there are some studies that are observational, but very, very well controlled, where you look at a population of non-smoking teetotalers, and some eat meat and some don't, and you can draw very, very good conclusions from that. These people said, well, I don't believe it, um, unless it's a randomized trial. Um, I, I think they were really making a mistake there. They were not, not um, grading the evidence as highly as they should have. Well, and as, as we both said already, that there, you have to follow the dollars. And this guy may or may not uh, yes, sure. may or may not have been uh, genuine in his intent in the research, and that happens so much more often than people realize. They're, they're medical doctors, and we've talked in other places, so I don't want to get into it now. But that how much they receive in financial support from the pharmaceutical industry in hospitals, doctors, everything else. All right. Where this really wells up with the food industry is in years that are divisible by five. Now that will sound strange, doesn't it? I'm talking about 2000, 2005, 2010, 2015, and 2020. Uh, the reason for that is that's when the U.S. government reformulates the dietary guidelines for Americans and says what they should eat. So the food manufacturers know this. The beef manufacturers know it. Um, and so that's when they start pushing researchers, sometimes paying researchers, to do research studies showing beef should stay in your guidelines or eggs should stay in your guidelines. The cholesterol couldn't possibly hurt you or make sure you don't take a stance against butter. So the butter on the cover of Time Magazine was in 2014, just before the 2015 guidelines came out. This one is in 2019. Right now the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee is meeting. So it's there to try to push them to be friendlier toward Texas beef. Awesome, really important point. All right, thank you, Dr. Neil Barnard, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. You can learn all about him and their very important work at pcrm.org. Thanks, Neil, very much. Thank you. I'm talking to Dr. Neil Barnard about the very controversial new study about the dangers or supposed lack of dangers of processed and unprocessed meat. Burger lovers were over the moon. Dr. Barnard saw through the headlines to the shortcomings of the research. Dr. Barnard has been educating the public about the dangers of animal proteins and helping them to overcome diabetes, obesity, and related diseases for nearly 35 years. 
His message is just one from the thousands of experts featured in our twice-monthly newsletter, Bottom Line Personal, who provide the expert advice to guide readers into action in their own lives. In addition to Dr. Barnard's insight into health, diet, and nutrition, Bottom Line Personal is filled with actionable advice on all aspects of your life, including traveling safer and cheaper, living a healthier life, finding the best insurance, retirement planning, smart tax strategies, secrets for getting and staying fit, and even travel to little-known destinations. Bottom Line Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for over 40 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of the greatest tips from the experts of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast.